Hello, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Elise Swift, and I am here to tell you a story. So last week, when I was doing my research for the episode on Hawthorne Brown, I did some looking into the city of Merchants Bay, where Hawthorne got his first sailing job. And during my research, I discovered another story that I thought was worth sharing. Unlike Hawthorne's story, I don't think broad knowledge of this one ever really spread further than Merchants Bay, so it's likely many of you haven't heard this one before. So let me tell you the story of Ariana Ironax. Ariana Ironax was a young tiefling woman who was born in a small village in the remote grasslands of the western continent. When she was very little, maybe only a few years old, she suffered a terrible tragedy when her village was attacked by an orc raiding party. The orcs destroyed her entire village, and during the attack, both of her parents were killed. Shortly after the attack, an adventuring party reached the ravaged village. This party had been hired by a nearby town master to investigate the orcs and try to bring a stop to their rampaging. Unfortunately, the party arrived too late to protect the village, but they were able to find little Oriana among the wreckage. In this adventuring party was a dwarven couple named Thirdrum and Lesnia Ironax, and they were the ones who actually found Oriana. They say that when they found her, she was hiding in a small cabinet beneath a little homemade shrine to the god Lathander. For those of you who don't know, Lathander is the god of, among other things, renewal and birth. When they found the small child hiding beneath the shrine to the god of birth, they immediately took it as a sign that they were being asked by Lathander to take this child in and care for her as if she were their own. So they did, and Oriana, who had just suffered this horrible loss, found a new family with the Iron Axes and their adventuring party. Oriana was incredibly loved by the whole party, and for many years she actually traveled with them as they continued adventuring and helping people all over the world. During these travels, Oriana learned how to hunt and fish and fight, you know, all the skills of any good adventurer. But she also learned that she had an unexpected gift. Very early on, it became clear that Oriana had a serious knack for languages. She was only a couple of years old when she was found, but even at that age, Oriana was speaking in almost complete sentences and showed equal comfort speaking in common and infernal. By five, she was speaking, reading, and writing fluently in both languages and was conversationally fluent in Dwarvish and Elvish, which she learned from her parents and other members of the party. By eight, she was learning halfling from one of the party members, and by the time she was a teenager, she could speak 10 languages and she could read and write in eight of them. While it might not have been what they initially imagined, her parents were super supportive of Oriana's dreams. When she came of age for attending the academy, they helped her find a place in the city and get her registered at the academy. The Iron Axes intended to keep adventuring while Oriana was in school, so they also got her a special item that she could use to stay in touch with them. This item was a kind of scrying glass set into a handheld mirror. They had two of these scrying mirrors made, which could be activated with the command word and could be used to allow Thirdrum and Lesnia to communicate with their daughter on a regular basis. I believe the mirrors worked on a magical charge, so they could be used once per day for a short period of time. I've heard 10 minutes, but also 30 minutes and even an hour. And then the mirrors would need to recharge until the next day. So Ariana was settled into a little apartment near the academy and her family returned to adventuring while she started attending classes. 
immediately Ariana fell in love with academic life. She loved attending lectures. She loved completing coursework. She was just completely in her element at the academy. She was always in the library studying. She met with her professors regularly and she just excelled in her studies. In her very first year, Ariana made strong connections with a number of her professors and was even beginning to receive invitations to apprentice with some of them. At the same time, Oriana was maintaining regular contact with her family. Almost every day, she used her scrying mirror to check in with her parents and the adventuring party to let them know what was happening in her life. And it was during one of these check-ins near the end of her first academy year when Ariana told her parents about Lord Raven Thorne. Lord Thorne, for those of you who don't know, is an Eric Cochran adventurer and a world-renowned language expert. He speaks dozens of languages, including a number of rare and unique dialects, and he is most well known for his work in documenting some of the lesser-known dialects of the primordial language. At the time of this story, Lord Thorne had been adventuring for almost 30 years and was really beginning to feel his age, and he was actually in the process of seeking an apprentice to train and grow into his successor. Some of Ariana's professors knew about Lord Thorne's search and knowing how talented Ariana was in language studies, they reached out and informed Lord Thorne that they had the perfect apprentice for him. Lord Thorne came to Merchant's Bay to meet Ariana and was immediately impressed by her language skills, as well as her adventuring background. However, he wanted to see how she performed in the field, so he asked her to accompany him on a summer research trip he was taking. Ariana, ecstatic at this opportunity, quickly agreed. The plan for this trip was that Ariana would accompany Lord Thorne across the Golden Sea to the Glade, a deeply forested area in the southern region of the eastern continent. This region is home to a number of ancient elven communities whose ancestors have inhabited the forests for centuries. Lord Thorne was going to the Glade to study the Glade dialects, which are thought by some to be the closest to the first true elven language. Of course, this is the opportunity of a lifetime for Ariana. She gets to travel with one of the world's foremost language experts. She's going to be studying a language no one else has studied, and if all goes well, she'll get to become Lord Thorne's full-time apprentice. This is literally everything she was hoping for when she came to the academy. The night before she was to leave on this trip, Ariana contacted her parents through her scrying mirror, and they said she was just bubbling with excitement. Ariana was looking forward to the opportunity to study under such an incredible mentor who she spoke very highly of, and she was even looking forward to getting back out into the world and traveling again. At the end of the conversation, Ariana told her parents that she loved them and that she would call them again tomorrow. And that conversation would be the last time they would see their daughter. The next day, they waited to hear from Ariana, but when she didn't initiate a connection with the scrying mirror, they tried to reach out to her. However, the mirror simply acted like there was no other mirror to connect to. Now this had happened before. The spell on the items was pretty strong, but it had struggled to connect when the two mirrors were particularly far apart. For her journey to the Glade, Ariana was taking one of the passenger airships common to Merchant's Bay, so they thought maybe the mirror was having trouble connecting from so high in the air, and they figured they would try again the next day. However, each time they tried the mirror over the next few days, it continued to fail to connect. They knew that the airship trip was supposed to take about a week, so Thurdrum and Lesnia thought maybe once Ariana reached the Glade, then they would be able to connect with her. But a week passed and still they couldn't make a connection. 
At this point, Ariana's parents were very concerned. It wasn't like Ariana to be this difficult to connect to, and as adventurers, their minds immediately went to the worst case scenario. The route that the airship was taking was known for being a little dangerous. There were some sea cliffs along that route where rocks were known to roost, and the glade was home to wyvern nesting sites, with both creatures being known to be incredibly territorial. It didn't happen often, but there were stories of airships being attacked while flying these routes. The party decided that they needed to go and investigate what happened, so they headed first for Merchant's Bay. Once they arrived in the city, Ariana's parents headed for their daughter's apartment while the rest of the party went to the academy. The party quickly verified that Ariana was scheduled to leave with Lord Thorngate and that they hadn't heard from either person since the end of the academic year. At Ariana's apartment, her parents found nothing out of place. The apartment was clean and tidy, and the only things that seemed to be missing were Ariana's school bag and her traveling pack, along with the usual items she had traveled with when adventuring with her parents. The scrying mirror was also gone, so her parents figured that it must have also left the apartment with Ariana. From here, they checked in with the Merchant's Bay airship port. They were told that the ship had made it to the Glade without incident and was currently on its way back. Without any other leads, the group was forced to wait for the airship to arrive so that they could try and speak to the ship's crew. While they waited, they searched the local healers' shops and inns, worried that maybe Oriana had been hurt or maybe forced to hide out somewhere away from her apartment, but they couldn't find anything. Eventually, the airship returned and the group was able to question the members of the crew but none of them could really say for sure if they remembered seeing Ariana or anyone matching her description on the ship. A few of them thought they maybe remembered someone matching Lord Thorne's description, however, confirming at least that he had possibly been on the ship. With no other leads, the party decided to head for the Glade and look for Lord Thorne. They took the same airship, and while on board, they searched for any clues, but again, they turned up nothing. At this point, Oriana's parents, and really the whole party, is getting frantic. Oriana wanted to be an academic, but remember that she is still a trained adventurer who has spent her entire life traveling and fending for herself. And now she has a year of academic training, which included building her skills with magic. So if anything had happened to her, Oriana would have been more than capable of defending herself. But the party are trying to keep calm. There is still every possibility that she is with Lord Thorne and that she either was having such a great time that she just forgot to contact her parents or maybe some property of the Glade was keeping a connection from being made through the mirrors. Unfortunately, those theories were disproved when the party reached the Glade and found Lord Thorne. They arrived to find the Aarakocra scholar conducting his research by himself. When the party met with him and asked him why Ariana wasn't with him, he explained that he waited for Ariana at the airship port but that she never arrived. When asked why he didn't wait for her or go to look for her, Lord Thorne said that he wasn't going to delay his work for a student who couldn't be bothered to show up on time. Now, obviously Ariana wasn't someone who would just blow off an opportunity like this, and you might think Lord Thorne would know better after having met her. But to be fair, he didn't know her that well, and it could be that he really did just think that Ariana would do something irresponsible, like forget about their meeting time. However, Oriana's parents don't think this is the case. They were talking to their daughter the night before she was supposed to leave, and it was clear that she had every intention of going on the trip. She was packing her bags, she was talking about the trip, 
She was literally saying how she couldn't wait to get going. At this point, the party is forced to acknowledge that something has clearly happened to Oriana. However, they're not really sure what to do. They have people in Merchant's Bay saying she hasn't been seen since she was supposed to have left and that they thought she was gone on her trip. But then they also have Lord Thorne saying that Oriana never left on the trip and was likely still back in Merchant's Bay. And when looking for physical evidence, the party can't find anything suggesting that they should focus their attentions in either location. They have two places where they could focus their investigation, one on each continent, and no clue as to which was the better place for them to begin their search. So what they decided to do was split the party and begin twin investigations in both locations. Thurdrum and Lesnia Ironax decided to return to Merchant's Bay, while the other party members remained in the Glade. For the past year, they have continued to search for Oriana, but she remains missing to this day. Now that you know more about Oriana and the details of her disappearance, let's get into some of the theories about what happened to her. There are a few different theories, some for each location where she might have vanished from, so we'll start with the theories linked to Merchant's Bay and then transition over to the Glade. Like I said, Oriana's parents returned to Merchant's Bay to continue looking for their daughter. At this time, they brought in the city guard, who they hoped would be able to provide more manpower and additional resources to help in the search. And they did, kind of. The city guard did do some sweeps of the city and did follow up on some leads, but they also had some theories of their own that made them maybe not take the case as seriously as they could have. Remember, Oriana is a student at the Adventurers Academy, a school focused on helping its students prepare for a life of travel and adventure. Additionally, Oriana's parents are adventurers and she spent the majority of her life traveling and adventuring. On top of that, Merchant's Bay is one of the major cities where people who are looking to join adventuring parties come to find fellow adventurers and opportunities for adventure. The city is absolutely overrun with travelers' inns and job boards and adventuring guilds. So it seemed reasonable to assume that Ariana, with her background and her renewed interest in traveling, might have decided to join one of these adventuring parties and head out. Now, this is actually not that uncommon in the city. Often people Ariana's age go missing only to turn up a few weeks or months later, returning from a quest or job when they and their friends decide spur of the moment to give adventuring a try. In fact, Ariana herself had been propositioned by a number of her classmates to join them on adventures. However, Oriana's parents don't think this is what happened. Oriana was about to embark on what was likely her dream quest. It didn't make sense to them that she would give that up for like a quick trip to clear out a goblin cave or guard a mail delivery. Especially when, if she really wanted to return to adventuring, she could have just rejoined her family. This has led some guards to suggest that maybe Oriana didn't leave the city by choice. Instead, they think it is possible that Ariana was the victim of slave trafficking. Now, I think a lot of people don't realize how big of a problem slave trafficking actually is, especially in big cities like Merchant's Bay. However, there are faraway kingdoms that do engage in the slave trade even to this day. Also, there are a number of monstrous creatures out there who regularly seek out slaves. Things like elder brains who need people to help build out their colonies or vampires who turn people into thralls or even just consume them outright. The volume of traffic in and out of the bay is ridiculously high and constant. 
someone could be kidnapped, loaded onto a vessel, and taken out of the city in no time at all. And it's not just the seaport. The airship port does a ton of both city traffic and private traffic. So it is completely possible that Ariana arrived at the airship port to meet Lord Thorne, only to be grabbed and forced onto another airship and taken away. If that was the case, then it would also make sense that any kidnappers would destroy the scrying mirror to make sure Oriana couldn't reach out for help or to ensure they couldn't be tracked. Now, there is some possible evidence to support this theory. City guards actually found a merchant who was flying from the airship port on the same day that Oriana was supposed to be there meeting Lord Thorne. He claimed that he saw a young woman matching Oriana's description in the airship port that morning. He described her as wearing a traveling cloak and boots and carrying a couple of bags with her. He said he actually thought that she was an adventurer based on her clothes and items she was carrying. This merchant says he saw Oriana talking with a man in a black cloak and that after a few minutes of talking, they walked away together. He says that nothing about the encounter seemed suspicious, so he didn't really think anything of it until he returned to the city and found the missing person flyers tacked up around the airship port. I know some people have criticized this story, saying that, you know, Ariana was a trained adventurer and that she would have known better than to talk to some random stranger and possibly go somewhere with him. However, this man could very well have claimed that he was traveling on the same ship as her and offered to walk with her to the ship and then took advantage of her while her guard was down. He may have also used a simple spell like charm person to convince her to go with him when she may not normally have done so. And as you'll see, there might actually be some evidence to support these theories. The rest of the party was following up on their own leads in the Glade. To be fair, there is overall less evidence to suggest that Ariana was in the Glade and that something happened there. The theories of something in Merchant's Bay, there seems to be a little more evidence, but I do still think it's worth touching on the Glade theories. So the rest of the party that remained in the Glade consisted of an elven ranger by the name of Reed Moonbrook and a halfling woman named Verna Underbow, who was trained as a wizard. Reed and Verna searched the glade for clues regarding what could have happened to Ariana, and this is what they came up with. Their main theory is based on the assumption that Ariana did in fact make it onto the airship and that something happened to her before the ship reached the glade. This theory came out of an interview that Reed conducted with one of the airship passengers. A young man who was traveling with a pair of horses and a carriage claimed that while he was down in the cargo bay tending the horses, he actually saw Oriana. He claims that she seemed kind of upset and that she was digging frantically through the stacks of crates and bags of cargo. But a few minutes later, he heard kind of a scuffle and he thought he saw the cloaked figure leave with Ariana in tow. He says he was a little suspicious of her behavior, he thought. Maybe she was looking through the cargo for something to steal, or maybe she was a stowaway on the ship and she was looking for a hiding place. Because of this, he actually did his best to ignore Oriana, thinking that he just didn't feel like getting caught up in whatever it was she was up to. However, a few minutes later, another figure appeared in the cargo bay, a dark cloaked figure. And this man noticed that Ariana was visibly more frightened and actually tried to hide. Then he kind of lost sight of the two again. He was just sort of trying to ignore them. And now that's the last he saw of either of these people. So based on this conversation, it is Reed and Verna's theory that Ariana made it onto the airship, that this cloaked figure 
seen in Merchant's Bay actually got Oriana onto the ship, but then was trying to like keep control of her. So if he had just convinced her to go onto the ship with him, he may have been able to keep track of her, see where she was going, and at this point had tracked her down to the cargo bay and she was trying to get away from him. Uh, but he may also have charmed her. Remember, charmed person, it doesn't last forever. So if it was just kind of a very low-level casting, she could have been charmed, been with him on the ship, and then when the spell wore off, tried to escape, and he came and got her and charmed her again. So she could have made it all the way to the glade and then disappeared with this cloaked figure. That's really all there is. There's not really more to these theories. This is it. These leads from this merchant in Merchant's Bay and this passenger in the glade with these stories that sort of line up, but don't always necessarily connect. That's all the this whole party really has to go on. And that's all they know about their missing daughter and party member. Personally, knowing the level of slave trafficking that takes place in these big cities like Merchant Bay, and also knowing how little known these activities are, my instinct is to kind of lead in that direction, that Ariana maybe was a victim of some kind of trafficking. But this situation with this cloaked figure is also very interesting. You know, who was this person? What did they do to Ariana? Why were they with her? You know, it just leaves so many questions. And it's so sad because at the end of the day, her party and her family are just left with no answers at all. And they are to this day still searching. If any of you are adventurers or are interested in kind of exploring these kind of mysteries, I implore you to consider looking into this disappearance and seeing if you can help bring answers to the Iron Axe family and their party. I think it would mean the world to them if they could get somebody to help them out. If you would like to share your thoughts on this case, or if you want to see the other podcasts in my series, you should follow me on Instagram at True Crime and Dragons. Keep adventuring, and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.